This morning, I just want to lift up the suffering and the brokenhearted. I want to I direct the attention to those who came here who suffer so much that they even suffered coming here, if you get what I'm saying. Sometimes we suffer so much, it's hard to come to church. It's hard to sing praises. It's hard to glorify God. But there is a cloud forming, my brothers and sisters. I want to talk to you this morning in terms, very quickly, in some basketball terms, if that's okay with you. Uh, recently, there's been a, a small debate forming on whether, who, who is the greatest to ever play the game? And, uh, they, you know, you've got Michael Jordan, of course, and recently, they've started to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Now, I bring this up. Not because my twin brother's watching right now via online and uh, he's going for the Cleveland Cavaliers and we all know what happened on Thursday. No, 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 I'm not trying to rub that in. Um, personally, in my opinion, when somebody flops more than 10 times in their career, they should be disqualified from being the, the greatest. But that's just, again, my opinion. But no, no, I bring this up. Uh, this point up is because if you just YouTube search the 1992 NBA Finals, okay, you will see there it was the Chicago Bulls against the Portland Trailblazers. You will find you will see something incredible in that video. You will see this guy by the name of Michael Jordan, and you will what you will see is that he poured in 35 points in one half. Now I know some of you young youngsters in this new age think well clay thompson did 37 points in one quarter yes he did but keep in mind here the context that was just a regular season game jordan did this at the highest level of basketball when the pressure is at the greatest here's this guy who wasn't even known as a three-point shooter and for those of us who you know who were from the Jordan era we know Jordan hit six three-pointers in one half incredible shot after shot after shot we call that what we call that what he's in the what he's in the zone he was in the zone have you ever been in the zone you know I never played in the NBA I I admit that but in a, in a summer league you know a little summer league and I one time I hit seven three-pointers in one game man I was in a zone you know it was uh, it was great I wasn't on ESPN or nothing like that but when you're in the zone it's it's like you're, you're you know but you, you know what I'm talking about you just you just feel like man you can't miss you just whatever you do you don't even look you know you just shoot and you just turn the other way because you know it's going in that's being in the zone and so I want to ask my brothers and sisters here this morning, have you ever been in a spiritual zone? In a zone spiritually? If I can share with you a little bit about me, can I be vulnerable with you this morning? I'd like to share with you, for me back, we're going to go back to, to June of 1999. Yeah, we're going back. We're going back to 99. In June of 1999, through a circumstance that was very difficult in my own life, in my personal family, um, God's hand moved in such a way that it, it, it culminated in a milestone of me, my brothers getting rebaptized, and we just said, God, we are all in. And so this happened in the midst again of a storm. The devil came into our home. The devil was, was, was really trying to destroy all of us. And ultimately, though my, there was separation in our family, 
God was still victorious. And so it, it resulted in us getting rebaptized. And, and all of a sudden, I just sprung into this moment of what I call the spiritual zone. And this is what it looked like, just to give you a glimpse here real quick. So from that point on of June of 99 to three years later, three years straight, once a week, every Saturday afternoon, me and a small group of believers, we would go to a place called Summertime. And Summertime is not a resort. It's not a place to relax and, and, you know, have fun. Summertime, most of us pass by it, by the way, every day. But we get so intrigued with Fields BMW that sometimes, you know, we're looking at the M series, the 6 series, the 7 series. And we, we miss this two-story building called Summertime. And God sends us to this small place. It's a place, just to give you an understanding, it's a place where people are so broken, they are on the verge Okay, if you're a resident at summertime and you mess up there, you end up in Lakeside. And those of us who are from the area, you know what that means. It, it's, it's not a place, let's just say it's not a place where you want to spend one night. And so for three years straight, we were there mentoring, building relationships, giving Bible studies, working with them for three years straight. We're in the zone. Soon after that, my, my uh, pastor at the time, the associate pastor and the first elder, they, began, they were noticing we were on fire. And so they had attempted to visit uh, a, a wonderful woman by the name of Leticia. Leticia was a woman who was being tormented by demonic forces uh, and through alcoholism. She, she was a, a mess. And someone had told the pastor, can you go visit her? He tried to visit her. And upon trying to introduce her to Jesus, uh, the, the, the way he described it is that she lunged at him. And so uh, the first elder tried to pray and she tried to attack him. And so what happens? Like, oh man, Armando and those guys, they're in his zone. Hey, you guys want to do a visitation? Reuben, you know what I'm talking about. My brother right there, he said, do we want to go? Yeah, come visit this woman by the name of Leticia. Sure, let's go. Uh, there's just one thing. She's, um, she's possessed. Okay, oh yeah, yeah, and she, um, she attacked us and this and that, but, but don't worry, you, you, you're going to be all right, just go visit her, tell her about Jesus. And so we're like, okay, wow, this is interesting. So we prayed, we humbled ourselves, what we do, we started get. we were used to going to our God, like God, give us the strength and the courage to visit Leticia. And so by the grace of God, we got there, we started singing, you remember Shirley, we started singing in Spanish, if Jesus comes to your heart, and I just remember the moment she just kind of looked, and we just went with boldness, God, you're with us, I know you are, and we just kept singing, and all of a sudden she just started smiling. She's like, okay, she was good. And we got through a Bible study with her. And then we went back the next week. We went back the next week. God one time sent me there by myself because she called me on the phone and said, I need to talk to you. And I was trying to call Reuben. He couldn't make it. I was trying to call my friend Hegner. He couldn't make it. I'm like scared. I'm like, why do I got to go by myself? And the funny thing is I was in there. I was like, I didn't even say one word as she was pouring her heart out, accepting Jesus into her life. And I didn't say anything. All I can say is praise God. And I guess at the time I was in that spiritual zone. Amen for that. So as you can see, we're just starting to build this, this like Christian swagger, if you want to say like, you know, you got a problem? I'll pray for you. Don't worry about it. I got you. And so we started visiting the home. We targeted the homeless coalition. 
He said, let's go, let's go to the worst parts of Orlando. We went to where the, 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 the people gathered there in the homeless coalition. Every Saturday afternoon, we would just be in the middle of all of, just start singing, <laughs> singing hymns, singing praises, because we were in a zone. And I remember at the time, Angel, you're going to remember this because you're watching. There was a homeless man who thought he was a prophet, came up to me and said, I want to pray for you. I said, sure, please pray for me. But I didn't know he, so he puts his hand on, on my head and he starts praying for me. And he's like, he starts shaking me like this. And I remember uh, my brother, you know, Angel, he starts getting like, like nervous. He's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And I remember, you know, when you're in the zone, you're like, I look down, I'm like, I got this. Don't worry about it we're good and so with boldness I start praying back to him and I put my hand on his shoulder and before you knew it he put his hand down and I was pouring love and peace and grace into this man by the by the name of Jesus and we we got through that prayer and the man hugged and we moved on and man I was in a zone and so as you can see I was you know once you're in that zone sometimes you tend to get a little bit uh, I don't want to use the word cocky but you get confident right I remember, if I can, if you guys can just go back in memory lane with me, early September 15 of 99, Hurricane Floyd was coming, and it was at least a category 10. And as it was approaching, people were like panicking, oh no, I'm tired of cleaning my lawn, and what's going to happen? I'm like, yo, I got you, don't worry about it. I, I, I was like looking at the devil, what, you, you want to try me? Try me. I watched me get on my knees. And so I was like, we got this. So I started praying, Lord, come on, God. We've had enough hurricanes. Lord, could you just turn it around? Stop it, God. I believe that you, you calm the winds. You just got to say the word. Don't even come. Just say the word. And I, I remember, uh, according to the news, what happened was um, it, it reduced to a category three. And it was coming to the offshore of Florida. And as, if you go check the news, it kind of veered off to the northeast. It turned around. I was like, yeah. I was like, yep. I won't tell nobody. That was me. It was my prayer. It was my prayer. But, but the problem was a few days later, it veered into Cape Fear, North Carolina. I was like, okay, God, God, protect the people in North Carolina. I didn't mean to. I'm, so, I'm sorry. You know, so that's how my mind works. In the faith. But when you're in a zone, you, you just feel like everything you do, you're just one with God. And you can do anything. But here's the thing, we had this, we, we, um, through, through the, the, just the blessings of God, we developed this concept called Reach Out Community Kickoff, where once a year we would gather, we would force our church to do missionary work, like you're all going to get out there and do something, amen? <laughs> we should do that more. And so in this particular year, um, it was, uh, they were having, we were going to have a big event at the amphitheater in downtown in, in Lake Yola. And so I remember we gathered, but the news had said in the morning, it was like 99% chance of rain. And so you guys know I'm in this zone and uh, I'm in this zone. I'm like, yo, I got this, God, don't worry. I told my family, I was like, guys, we need, we're going to show faith. Don't even take our umbrellas. Don't even take our raincoats. We're just going to go because God's not going to let it rain. And so we get to Lake Yola, we show up and yeah, I'm telling you, it was like, it was great. It was great. And I'm like, no, I ain't worried about it. And we sit down. We position ourselves at the amphitheater. And we, me and my family, Mark is like, Dad, you're crazy. What are we doing? Isaac's like, can we just go? And I'm like, no, it's not going to rain. I prayed. 
One drop, one drop, two drops. I'm like, all right, God. All right, I, 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 I claimed the promise and the children of Israel, they had to start walking into the Jordan before they actually separated. So God, here, here it is. I'm here. I have faith. I believe. Drop, 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 drop. <laughs> All of a sudden, it just, yeah, the, like that song of flood, it was just coming down hard. And, and my family abandoned me. They're like, yo, <laughs> they ran for shelter. And I was just like, I remember, it, I, I know you can relate with this. I just remember saying, Really, God? I got so mad at God. I was like, God, how can you do this right now? Are you serious? I showed this faith. I exercised. I did what needed to be done. I showed that I believe in you. And now you're letting me down. And before you knew it, I forgot all about the program that was happening that day. I was focusing on the rain and I was so angry at God. Because he was not answering, responding when I called him. I thought I was showing him. The faith required, the faith of that mustard seed. So I was mad at God. I said, God, didn't I show you the faith required to produce miracles? I thought God let me down. I was disappointed. And friends, I ask you this morning, have you ever felt that way with God? Have you ever felt that You've done everything right. You've done everything appropriate. But God is letting you down. You know, David one time felt the same thing. Psalms 13, 1. It'll be on the screen here in a second. David one time said, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? So if you feel like that today, just know that you're not alone. Many of us in our journey of faith, in our walk of this thing called life, we ultimately experience disappointments. And sometimes we say to God, God, well, can you hear me now? God, do you, what do I got to do? Do you hear me now? I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Can you hear me now? And it just seems as if he's not responding. You know, leading up to April 11th, there were a multitude of prayers being lifted up for Rob to God. A multitude of prayers. My dear son, God bless him in, in, his, in his love and his, his love for Rob and, and the family. He was pouring out his heart in tears, speaking life into Rob, saying, God, please don't let Rob die. On April 14th, uh, Good Friday, they say, we, we all together saw Rob laid to rest. And what's interesting is that that Sunday, we, we watched an Easter service program given by Elevation Church. And in that program, they gave a presentation of a member, of a staff member of that church, who recently had suffered a heart attack. And the story went on to say that the entire church did what we were doing. And, and they, they prayed over him. They said, no, God, heal this man. And they induced him in a coma. And three days later, miraculously, he recovered and he healed. And I began to ask myself, I went back to that day in Lake Yola. God, are, are you with Elevation Church? Do you love them and you don't love Forest Lake? Do you feel that way in your life sometimes that your neighbor's getting blessed? You're, 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 you know, the people around you are getting blessed. But God, do you care about me? Oh, friends, 
I want to make this point very quickly. It says this, God is not only with you when you're doing everything right. God is not only with you when you're doing everything right. I, I, I built a false concept or perspective on who God is. And I thought in the, my concept and in my belief, God is only with me. God only loves me. God is only blessing me when I'm doing everything right. And that's a false concept. Romans chapter 3 verse 3 and beginning of verse 4 says this. What if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Not at all. Here's the point, friends. It's not about am I doing things right or wrong. It's not about am I, am I showing faith or not showing faith. It's not about that at all. It, God's faithfulness is not nullified by your faithfulness or unfaithfulness. God is always faithful. And here, here's the thing that I want us to understand. As Marcus and team comes up, here's what I want us to understand this morning. Um, Isaiah 49, 15, it says this, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. God takes it up a level on these moms. You, if, if you've, maybe you're not blessed with a loving mom in, in your situation, but, but the majority of us probably have had felt what it means to have a compassionate, loving mom. And God is taking his love a step higher than that and says, your mom may forget you, but I never will forget you. You know, the Bible reveals to us that God takes the pleasure in the death of no man. Did we know that? Did we know that unbelievers and believers are like we are all the children of God? Did we know that? Did we know that God does not desire, God does not rejoice whether a man who signs up for ISIS wraps himself with explosives. He does not rejoice over the death of that individual as well as he doesn't rejoice over the death of an eight-year-old beautiful little girl going to a concert. He does not rejoice in, in, in the death of an ex-NFL convicted murderer who takes his own life. He doesn't rejoice in that. Just as he doesn't rejoice in the death of Coptic Christians being persecuted in the sands of Egypt. He doesn't rejoice in the death of, of, of that homeless man in the street who's just wasting his life, doing nothing, and we just cast him away as a, as a nobody. He doesn't rejoice in the death of that person. Just like he doesn't rejoice in the death of a loving father CEO of Florida Hospital. But here's the reality. And time is quickly passing us by. So we, I got to get right to the point. Whenever you cry out to Jesus, can you hear me now? His response is always this. Can you see me now? You say, can you hear me? Jesus is saying, can you see me? Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18 says this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope that which he has called you. And know the riches of his glorious inheritance prepared for his holy people. Yeah, you may not hear him and you say, how can I see him? Maybe your heart needs to be enlightened. 
Maybe your heart needs to be filled with light. And God is the Father of lights. Let Him into your heart. You will see Him. You will see Him. You don't see the cloud because you're using this. You see the cloud with your heart. And if you fill your heart with light, if you let the God of light enlighten your heart, you will see that right now in front of us, all around us, is this great cloud of grace. And he is ready to pour it down because he loves the Fulbrights. Because he loves the Ogandos. He loves the Andersons. He loves every one of you in this place. He loves those that we call the enemies of God. He loves Ephraim. Read Hosea chapter 11. He loves the lost one. And I just want to pray as we all come forward, as we sing this song, there is a cloud. I want you, if you're here today and you have, you have rejected what God wants to give you because of suffering, because of pain, I pray in the name of Jesus that you set, cast that to the side. God is greater than death. God is greater than suffering, which by the way is a consequence of sin, which he has allowed. He has allowed because he needs to give you an inheritance. People in Brazil, he needs to give you an inheritance. And until we receive it, he allows things to happen. So as we sing this song, I want to invite you to come forward. Don't be afraid who's around you, behind you, above you, who's watching online. I want you to come forward with me and receive this grace. Receive the grace that God wants to give you today. Eliminate the fear. Eliminate the, the, the anxiety. Eliminate the frustration. Replace it with his love, with his peace. Receive the inheritance. Please come forward as we sing. Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Dear God, I testify before your children this morning that you visited me a week after my dad's passing. You invited me downstairs when I was having a panic attack. You used rain, dear God. You caused it to rain so that you would remind me that you suffer with me, 
that you cry with me that you love me and you're with me and you reminded me of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we will get the last laugh on death and sin oh father your children are here some of us have come up and some of us are still waiting for the second coming to be freed but dear God I pray that your flood would consume us today I pray dear God that you would unleash the, the, the grace necessary dear God that our burdens that the, the Fulbrights that the Andersons that anyone who is suffering today may have enough grace to be able to move forward Lord looking forward to that eternal inheritance oh God we praise you thank you for being genuine thank you for being Adonai the sovereign God for counseling within yourself to work in the midst of this sin and dark world to work out the greatest works for good and peace and love we praise you oh God and we thank you we thank you for this time we thank you for the rain we love you in Jesus name amen God the living God fill you with the spirit of power and of grace and of love God is with you Adonai is with you God bless you guys God bless you guys thank you for being here today